0: Hey guys, welcome back to I'm This is your girl, Lady Rose. Okay, so today's topic is called addiction. I am so stoked about talking about this one because I know I have family who are addicts and I also used to be, you know, one of them. <laughs> but I want to be, I want to get someone else's input, smart people's input. <laughs> so do you want to introduce yourself, young lady?
1: <laughs> Hello, my name is Analia. I work for
2: the children's program at Hazelton Beautiful
1: Foundation. I am the manager of the children's program.
0: Hello, Analia. And sir, would you like to introduce
2: yourself? Yes, ma'am. My name is Emilio Angulo. I am the program director at Solution Point Behavioral Health in Rancho Mirage, California.
0: Woo! We got some fancy people up in here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I know addiction is a broad, um, you know, thing. It's not just one particular thing, right? We, we know. So I'm trying to just get like the, the surface of it, you know, something that we could, you know, learn a little bit from. I know there's a lot. But um, we can be here all day, you know, we have lives. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's go for the first question. What is the clinical definition of addiction? Who wants to go first? Anybody?
2: I'll go ahead. Okay, go first. So in the DSM-5, the clinical definition is continued use of a substance despite adverse effects or consequences.
0: Ooh, okay. Sounds good. That was so, like, did you guys get that? (laughs) (laughs) So okay. so other words, let's break it down yeah, out, guys <laughs> simplify for people like me
1: for the common folk <laughs> uh, uh, so what that basically means that it is definitely a brain disease that when you do something when you have a substance that is mood altering which it, it changes your mood um you're addic that that person is addicted to that substance okay. Um, and it's, it, regardless of the consequences, regardless of what happens, that person, it is, uh, completely, um, completely dependent on that substance.
0: Mm.
1: So it's a, it's a lot of mental is there. It is. It is a brain disease. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay thanks um why is addiction considered a disease because it runs in the family so it could be passed down to generation to generation okay uh, we call it a disease because it is it is something that is with a person that lives with it there's been studies and research that shows that you know those that have it in their family are more likely to have it and pass it on to their to their loved ones Ooh. um you know i have read somewhere where there's Kids who have addiction in their family, like for example alcohol, uh, let's say their parent was an, an alcoholic, mm-hmm. so they're more likely not to get have a higher tolerance of of alcohol than those kids that don't have addiction in their family. Uh, so that means that if they have they're going to party and they drink, they're not gonna get uh, drunk by one drink. It's gonna take a little bit longer mm-hmm. for them to get drunk. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I did not know that. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that explains me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Father. <laughs> and and you know, I think that one of the things that um, it's really important to clarify is that it it's kind of both. It's, just, it's it could be a choice, and it's also a, a disease. Okay. So it can start as a choice, right. and you know you can drink, but then it can develop into a a an addiction illness because now your body needs it to function. So we have um some natural neural uh transmitters that we that releases our bodies to you know either to you know to to have like either calmness or relaxation Mm -hmm. or activeness. And when you use a substance that um that do that and stimulate that in your body, then that means that your natural ones are not producing. Right. And so what's producing is like the substance that you're taking to, in order to feel those either high or um, relaxation for, you know, it's called depressant. Mm-hmm. Um So once that happens, that you're not using your own natural tra- neurotransmitters. And when that happens is that now your body depends on those external, uh, you know, intakes because you're not using your own. And so what happens when someone stops cold turkey, they have moments of withdrawal, Mm -hmm. which their body feels like, oh, you feel like, uh, you know, you have headaches, you can't sleep. So now that's a physical thing. If physically your body needs it in order to function, otherwise Mm -hmm. you're in a bad mood or otherwise you can't sleep or you can't regulate your, your, you know, you go into the restroom. There's so many different ways that your body reacts to when you withdraw. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's that's
2: Do you want to add anything? Yeah. No, that's, Analia really put everything out there. I mean, the only thing I could also say in regards to this is that, you know, a lot of people, like Analia said, there is a choice. The choice does come in the first time somebody tries something, but it doesn't become like a moral thing anymore because a lot of times, like Analia said, is if you're already predisposed to this disease, um, that person that takes the first drink, now something changes in their brain. Mm-hmm you know, and once that thing, whatever happens where it changes, they may feel like the pleasure of like, wow, this really helps me deal with all these unwanted emotions or feelings. And then what happens is that the next time that one dream doesn't work anymore, it takes two, mm-hmm. it may take three. Yeah. And that's where the whole disease comes in where now they become dependent on it and it becomes a chronic illness. It doesn't get better. It gets worse.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, so it's, um, it's not a moral thing. It's not something that somebody can say, oh, I'm going to stop. They 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 think they can stop, but eventually they just can't stop.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do they know that this is building up? Like a person... Okay, so let me throw a curveball. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, how long does it take for that to get, like... Everybody's different.
1: Mm-hmm. Everybody's, different. Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. Especially there's a difference between females and males. Mm-hmm. Females, um, I think it takes really fast for them to you know get uh, intoxicated mm-hmm. uh it's faster right and for males it might take a little bit longer mm-hmm. you know because of the body body mass so okay. we have to account mm-hmm. of like the body mass the weight you know all that stuff. all that so it all depends it, it could be one person that just tries a drink one time then mm. boom their brain is like this is what i want this is what i need i need this every hey. time. Mm-hmm. Or it could be a a takes a little bit, little bit, mm-hmm. you know, just social drinking with the buddies and a little bit and mm-hmm. then maybe something like a, a stressor in their in their an event in their life, their daily thing where they're drinking, 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 because that's how they're coping with that stress. Yeah. yeah. So it, it could be either very fast or it could be in a slow, gradual way.
0: Wow. Absolutely. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. It's kind of you have to be very you, you don't want to be careful because you think it's just one drink or it's just one smoke. or It's just one thing, mm-hmm. you know, but then. It does take hold of you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my mm-hmm.
0: God. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the uh, third one, um, how can you prevent something that runs in the family? Like, if we know, for example, you know, our father is an addict, um, but we didn't know that growing up, though, right? Because we never talked about this, right? right? So how can yeah. we prevent that? How can we tell our audience, like, hey, look at look at your parents, basically? Or how do we tell them? Oh.
2: Well, I mean, my response to that would be with with education and taking preventive measures, you know, and by that is, yeah, learning your family history, knowing about it. But I know as a child, you know, you don't grow up with, you know, being taught like, hey, be careful with alcoholism unless you do go to like a children's program. But when you're going to a place like that, it's something major already has happened. Right. So education awareness is always a good thing. And it's something that can help. And Obviously, as a teenager, you're more aware of what's happening, but then at the same time, your brain's not fully developed, so you think you're invincible, yeah. and you, you know, usually hear the messages, it's not going to happen to me.
0: Yeah. So, so what that, are the little signs that we can look at our adults around that, or our, our uncles or aunts, that they have it? Like, what are the signs yeah. that us
1: younger generation can look at? It's really hard because sometimes addiction and alcohol and drugs is embedded in our culture Mm. and so when everybody's doing it then it's normalized you know and no one really talks about the the bad side of addiction, Mm -hmm. like when you Mm -hmm. really go down that route and you know it's too late to even like talk about it. Mm -hmm. But it's never too late. But by that time you're already kind of going to that spiral. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like Emilio said, prevention is key and knowing your family history and also knowing how to cope when there's something going on. Because it is easy. Let's say, for example, it runs in my family. And if something happens to me where maybe you have a death in, in, in my family now that how do I cope with that one drink or I'm going to be like, you know what, I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to go to my I want to go talk mm-hmm. about it. I'm going to go to grief counseling because I know this is really hard. And I can't keep it in because if I do, then maybe, you know, I might get something to numb that pain. Mm-hmm. And when you seek out external things such as substance to uh, repress your feelings, and that's where it goes wrong, it could go really, really bad. Mm-hmm. But if you know your family history and you have the tools that you can to cope, like, okay, all right this happened. This is, this is stressing me out. I'm you know, suffering this loss. I need to go get counseling. I need to talk to someone about this. Mm-hmm. It's knowing how to deal with your stress, knowing how to cope. Um, in our children's program, we t- always talk about this bag of rocks to kids and that's how we educate mm-hmm. kids. And this heavy bag is like 40 pounds and we yeah. asked each kid to carry that bag and see how it feels we asked them like how was that for you like was yeah. that heavy how would you feel you had to carry that you know and once everybody had a moment to carry that bag we asked them like you know, we asked the kids you know those that bag that you carried your grown-ups that brought you here they've been carrying this that bag Mm -hmm. but they don't carry from the outside where it just lives inside yeah and so they might try something like a drink that makes it go to sleep and it might work for a little bit but then or numb it or numb Mm -hmm. it but then what Mm -hmm. wakes up the bag wakes up again right and because drugs and alcohol wears off eventually and they have to carry that backpack again and that's how the cycle starts yeah that's a good one
0: yeah that's that's
2: good Yeah.
1: yeah that was a good one
0: okay so the fourth one Is there a link to addiction and mental illness? If so, elaborate. We kind of went through it right now, but can you just a little bit more? Yeah.
2: You know, I know for me, my experience is, you know, the question was, what came first? Mm -hmm. Mental health or was it substance, right? And sometimes there may be some type of mental illness going on in the family and it's kind of similar. We don't talk about it. We just kind of normalize like, oh, that's just the way they are. But in reality, they may have something. They may be some depression going on you know some anxieties you know or just in general other things and what happens then they don't feel you know normal normal is kind of like an elaborate thing like what is normal right but they don't I feel do. themselves so what they do is kind of like what an was saying is they turn to substances to try to cope with that right so then what happens they now develop a you know an addiction to right. whatever the substance is and then what happens is that well What's going on? People think that they're just, you know, an addict or an alcoholic, and I, I say a loved one, but in reality, it's, it's because they're dealing with mental health. Now, on the other side, is someone may not have any mental illness, sure. but they start to use a substance, right? And then what happens is that when they're trying to do better, they're not wanting to use anymore, they start to feel like we say sometimes onset or situational depression, you know, anxiety. Um, And now they don't know even how to cope with that as well. They're trying to get sober. and Maybe they do get sober, but they don't know how to deal with all this stuff. So now they feel like they need to be medicated or they are sometimes misdiagnosed. Mm -hmm. And when this happens is one of the things that we like to do in our facility is encourage folks to be abstinent for a period of time before you get an actual diagnosis. You know, because, excuse me, we don't want to say that you have like say depression because we don't know that you've been using or drinking for a long period of time and like Analia said earlier that's a a depressant Mm -hmm. you know alcohol is a depressant can make you feel like you are depressed Mm -hmm. but in all reality you may not be yeah so it's like giving you some time to be you know abstinence from any mind-altering substance to really find out what is going on right Uh, so
0: the good one okay
1: do you want to add anything no but and i agree with that i think sometimes it is linked um but it's you know some like say for example someone suffering from schizophrenia or something Mm. and or bipolar and by using drugs or drinking alcohols how they they can feel normal Mm-hmm. And so now, because of that, you know, they're going to develop an addiction towards mm-hmm. just as, what exactly what Amelia said. They're going to develop that dependency on that alcohol because that's what's making them function in life. Oh, so sad. And so, because of that, the disorder that they have, mm-hmm. but they use that in order to feel normal, to feel like they can function. Um, so it, 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 what we call that is due a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. That means that they have two disorders, which is the substance abuse and the, you know, whatever illness or disorder that they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that I really like what Emilio says. Like, you have to really pay attention. Like, you know, are you depressed because of that, you know, substance? Because, you know, that alcohol is a depressant. Mm-hmm. depressant. So maybe wait, be abstinent from that. Uh, you know, addiction or whatever substance first before being diagnosed. Yeah. I have a quick question for you guys. I s not
0: here, but um, I just popped into my head. Um, do you guys see, like, in class who has a higher rate of addiction? Like, if the poor class compared to, or there's just anyone?
1: Addiction doesn't discriminate. That's right.
2: That was, yeah. That's exactly what I was saying. This <laughs> disease does not discriminate.
1: Really? Yeah. But
2: I, I also, too, is that, I will say is that sometimes the lack of education Mm. you know may not be more present or you know in the you know lower communities right right um so that goes into play where the more education around it they may be more you know aware of okay maybe i shouldn't do that Mm -hmm. as compared to other you know
0: because i always i remember like Seeing uncles like coming from work, you know how they work in the fields, Mm -hmm. they're so they feel like a beer is going to calm them Mm -hmm. down, and that's Mm -hmm. what they use. That's what that's what popped in Mm -hmm. my head. Like, because we see that so regularly on Mm -hmm. fathers that or mothers that they're just trying to you know cope for the day, Mm -hmm. and they're like, Oh, a nice cold beer would be perfect, or wine or 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 something. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah, okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, it doesn't matter, like, it could get anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have you know, I've been working in the Betty Ford for 13 years, we have lawyers, doctors. Mm -hmm. We have people who do blue collar, white collar jobs. It doesn't matter. It does. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is serious stuff. Okay. So number five, does
0: intervention or treatment work? Because I've seen those shows, the interventions mm-hmm. I've seen. It's crazy, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm blown crazy. away. Yeah. Because they don't want to admit it. They don't want to do. It. They just want to, they don't want to take care of it. So does this work? What do you guys think? Uh- or it depends on the person.
2: Here's what I say. Um, yes, okay. I, I do truly believe that it works. And and what do I mean by that? Well, first of all, let me go back to when the question is, does it work? Well, at times people may say it doesn't work. For example, like say there's an intervention that's being done. The person may not accept treatment or did or the, maybe they're in denial that they're not that they don't have a problem. So that may come across as it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But in all reality is, it did work because now there's awareness. Now the family is uh, completely on board that there is a problem. They voiced it. They gave it a name. It's there. So now this person can't hide anymore. Mm -hmm. Right? So I don't call that necessarily that it didn't work. So the intervention piece is there. Now, that alone doesn't help a person. Yes, treatment now, similar. Someone can go to treatment and complete a program and leave and return to use which they call relapse right that's not necessarily that that person failed but maybe that person wasn't able to deal with all their stuff that they're truly doing dealing with or maybe this person wasn't completely open and honest to you know deal with all the stuff that's happening for them so does it work yes and it's like they say is if that person truly is willing to do whatever is necessary to, to sustain some sort of Sobriety, yeah. But it's difficult. It mm-hmm. is difficult. It's difficult. And I everybody's know. different.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 What do you
1: think, Elia? Well, yeah, I think it does work. I mean, that's why there's a lot of interventionists and there's a lot of treatments because it does work. Uh, but, you know, you, the person really needs to want it. And, you know, and and even those that do want it, like they can still relapse, they can Mm -hmm. still go back to Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, even the Betty Ford, I mean, she's Mm -hmm. the greatest example that I can give you that their own family hadn't intervened because she had a pill, uh, a a substance abuse Mm -hmm. with pills. Uh, And, you know, she suffered with cancer and and Mm then she got addicted to pain pills, Betty Ford was. Mm -hmm. And so her family did an intervention and she went to treat for so many years until the day that she died, mm-hmm. you know, she was sober. So it works if you work it, if you mm-hmm. really want it, if you do the job, if you surround you, your, your, your your life with people who are going to encourage you. Your
0: lifestyle has to change. Your mm-hmm. lifestyle has to change. Yeah. 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 It does. Which is good, though, because yeah. you don't want to surround yourself with people like that. Absolutely. Anyway. Yeah. So it's for the better. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard. It's kind of similar to the sixth question. If this is an illness, is there a cure? Right. But we're saying that it is. I think I personally think it's a cure, but you know, you guys,
1: <laughs> well, we like to say in the recovery field that mm-hmm. there isn't a cure, mm-hmm. well, that there you know, isn't, there isn't a cure, but there is like a, a, a I would say antidote or a solution a solution. Mm-hmm. And, and that's to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and that's to go to meetings and that's to do things. It's kind of like, let's think about a diabetes, diabetes. Mm-hmm. If you don't Great. take care of your sugar, then you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna mm-hmm. have a reaction, right? Right. But if you are, con, you know, control your sugar, control like what you do, or how do you take care of the diets that you choose, and exercise, and have a, a positive outlook in life, then that means you're gonna be okay. You're not gonna have any in difficulties. Right. But if you don't take care of yourself and you eat whatever you want, then there's gonna be you can suffer like, uh, you know, go blind, uh, shop off your feet, or even die right you know mm-hmm. that's the ultimate thing uh and that's how we like to see addiction uh the that's, a good ep- that's a good way of seeing it
0: yes. yeah yeah
1: so that's mm-hmm. how we see it there's there's something that you can do to recover from it and mm-hmm. to the choices and lifestyle you use mm-hmm. in order to stay away from addiction but it is, it's not something that you get a pill and boom, you don't have addiction anymore. Yeah. Boom, wow.
0: Have- that'd be so nice. Like that a would GD, be like- right. Yeah. We would be out
2: of a job. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's true. No, but I feel like this is very mental. Mm-hmm. This is all in the mind. Like that mind has so much power that and it- you could get
1: into it and getting out of it. That's like the process. It's mental. It is emotional and it's spiritual. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Spiritual. I think mm-hmm. it can be. Absolutely. Okay. You have to believe in something. Mm -hmm. You have to believe in a higher power. That, you know, you're powerless. Give that higher power. Whatever Mm -hmm. that higher power is for that person. That's true.
0: Because if you don't have that higher power, Mm -hmm. then you would be dependent on yourself only. But we fail ourselves all the time. So you rely on something greater than yourself. I'm glad you put that in there. It's 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 that saying,
2: right? If nothing changes, nothing changes. So there has to be some sort of change. And with change you know it's scary right it is scary you know you don't so that's why like sometimes you have to believe in something greater than yourself whatever it may be just to say like i'm sick and tired of being sick and tired i I need to do something so that willingness has to be part of that and yeah it's a lot of decisions mentally and like you said so it's hard it's a big thing
0: i like that you said you you're sick and tired when you're sick and tired Mm -hmm. i I know that feeling i'm sick Mm -hmm. and tired of this i -hmm. hate feeling this like i'm Mm -hmm. done Like that's when you know you hit rock bottom. Like Mm -hmm. you're done. You're so over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so um, number seven. How can families support someone with addiction without enabling them? Like the do's and don'ts. Like please teach us, because. Nice. I think that we this all. This is your
1: bread and butter. And <laughs>
0: like, because this. I feel like I feel like we all have that in our in our absolutely. families nowadays, absolutely. especially because of COVID and mm-hmm. everybody was bored at home and we started building mm-hmm. new habits that sometimes were not good. You know what I mean? Right. So sometimes right. family can contribute or trigger. Absolutely. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? Because sometimes they get in our skin. After... Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah. I so mean... what do you want to say, preacher? Okay. Oh boy,
2: I <laughs> mean, on. there's so many things, right? And especially like in our culture, right? You know, like for me, my mom, my mom is always going to be, if you want to call her the enabler, but I'd like to say the biggest supporter is she's going to always baby me. I'm her baby boy. Right. right? So that kind of comes in there naturally. What I like to say for families, encourage families that are dealing with somebody that is dealing with substance use disorder is same thing. Education first before you make any changes because you know no one's going to want to change it's just educate yourself around this whole disease on what it does okay because it becomes this is a family disease Mm -hmm. well first is once you get the education about the person now i want you to see how it impacts every single person around that loved Mm -hmm. one and that is you go into have you maybe starting to really be angry as well are you starting to do things that you never thought you'd be doing so you start to put those things out there for them just so they can have awareness right. once they now become aware it's now there's a choice mm-hmm. the choice is you can continue to keep doing the things that you've been doing and you're going to continue to keep getting the same results and that's oh. what sometimes we call you know in al-anon groups stuff, we call that insanity mm-hmm. you know but the reality is, whatever it is that your loved one needs to do to make changes, that's the same thing as a family member, just a little bit more different. And that is, you still love your loved one. True. You're going to support your loved one. But maybe now, instead of you just giving them the money, maybe you say, you know what, I'll just go buy you that that you know, milk or mm-hmm. the food. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what, I'll go with you and I'll drive you. You know if you want to but i'm going to pay for it you don't just give the person you know those are just some examples we would do we say is you know boundaries Hi. healthy boundaries mm-hmm. and there's different types of boundaries people you know you get hard and be like well that's it i'm going to cut them off you know i'm going to give them tough love those may work but for the most they don't people still want to be loved even that person that's dealing with the substance they still want to be loved mm-hmm. you know and when you treat them with compassion and empathy and, and you're just around the whole disease where you have understanding, you'll learn how to communicate. So communication, education and boundaries are very important. And, you know, going to some groups like going around, like
0: with them or
2: no, you by themselves as okay. a family member, like, you know, be around. I like to say like minded people, like people that, you know, say if it's another mother and she's dealing with somebody else, go to a group that that mother's going to, such as Al Anon, mm-hmm. you know, Naranon, you know, if it's Codependence Anonymous, you know, Celebrate Recovery, whatever it is that you go, is that you're with other people that are dealing with the same stuff.
0: Right. So you're that, that you're not alone. You're not, the not only alone. One.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Because just because a person may be enabling doesn't mean that person is bad. Either. They just don't know. Yeah. You know, and others may look at the person and be like, why do you keep doing that? Well, because I love the person, right, yeah. you know, and, but yeah, sometimes it's,
0: it. Remember, I'm speaking from experience because I know my dad, you know, kind of burned my brother and our sister, right? He burned bridges. Yeah. yeah, he burned bridges with them because he kind of lied, right? But I saw right through it. Like I'm his, right now I'm his, like, Go-to he, person. Go-to yeah. person. Mm. So I was straight out with my dad because I've been out there. I know what's out there, right? So I told my dad, look, dad, only call me for food. Only call me if you want me to take you to the hospital or for pills. Mm. Other than that, I'm not going to give you money. I'm not going to do nothing. Like, I told my dad straight out. Like, mm. I know what you're doing, sir. Like, I told him straight <laughs> out on his face. And then, um, and he's like, okay, okay. Like, he knows, right? Yo soy <laughs> That's the main thing. <laughs> you know, but that was a, my, that. my trigger from the back, right? But it's funny because, like, my dad obeyed. Like, mm-hmm. he only calls me for that. You know what I mean? Because, or else he, he won't listened, call me at all. Yeah. He listened, yeah. right? And every time I see him, because he knows he's not around, mm-hmm. I end up always, I always end up telling him, I love you. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want him to know that. And he's, it's weird. It's awkward for them. Because mm-hmm. he goes, si, sí, yo también. Like, like, he doesn't repeat it. but it, he, he doesn't yeah. say it, but he wants to tell me without telling me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm not like, it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's so weird to experience that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah.
2: <laughs> no that's great because you know a lot of times too it i mean you know on Aliyah there's a lot of shame and guilt that they carry
0: i yeah. think that's what it and, is And
2: you know us as family members sometimes we can't see past that because we're so hurt as well because yeah. we're wounded and it sounds like you set some healthy boundaries and he respected those yeah. boundaries and those are the things that we encourage family members to do and you know it's not easy to get there no it's not you know they're going to struggle too as well you know they're going to return to their old ways and like that's why i said that's not failing mm-hmm. as you're just working towards it you're making progress as long as you keep doing you know working so eventually you'll get it right yeah and even when you get it right it's still difficult because mm-hmm. yeah. it at the end of the day he is your dad he yeah. is your brother he is your mom yeah, yeah. you know and it's hard to you want see that back. right yeah yeah and so So for
0: me I just popped into a question it's kind of like so is because I don't see my I don't see my dad as that person like I remember my old dad Mm. you know what I mean so I don't see I don't see him as my dad I see Mm -hmm. him as the addiction does that make sense mm -hmm. because I remember my dad my dad would read books my dad would be into soccer my dad would like even though he wasn't present present but he was there you know but now it's not my dad he he Mm. doesn't take care of himself he's like it's like he's so
1: lost, and I'm like, I don't know that man. Mm-hmm. Does that, is that weird? No, it's not weird. And, and in fact, it's kind of, in a way, it's kind of healthy. Because yeah. you know that right now who's k- taking control is addiction. Mm-hmm. It's not really him. Yeah. And um, you know, that's, what, that's exactly what we teach the kids, is to, that there's the bad guy. The bad guy's addiction. Love yeah. your, love your mom, love your dad, but hate addiction, you know, because yeah. addiction is doing, making them do stuff that they're, they're not him. That's, yeah. that's not them. Mm-hmm. And it's really not them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There really isn't. They weren't born with addiction. They weren't exactly. born like mm-hmm. being like, dependent on something. Um, so it, that's, that's mood, mood altering. So I mean, it's mm-hmm. changing who they are. Mm-hmm um so a lot of people get hurt yeah. I, I see that because yeah. i also have
0: friends that his brothers are an addict and their yeah. family get hurt they get mm-hmm. mad at him
1: mm-hmm. but they don't yeah. understand that's not him yeah because a lot of the times like they they do anything for that substance they they're still from mm-hmm. you they mm-hmm. they do like you you mentioned earlier like with because i'm i'm related to rosa so <laughs> same dads. <laughs> so um so we know that he, he my, my dad, burned a lot of bridges, and it happens with everybody in addictions homes. They mm-hmm. burn bridges, and so. Yeah. And so it's hard to see beyond that. You see beyond the hurt, the the betrayal. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm your blood. How can you do mm-hmm. this? That's how we feel. That's yep. how we feel. And so we can. I can understand why you see dad now as just the addiction, because the addiction is taking control over him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's losing who he is. But he's he's still there. Right. He's okay. still there. And like Amelia said, you know, treat him like with compassion, with empathy, with understanding, with love, um, because that's really how they're, they're they're gonna. He's always gonna come to you. Mm-hmm. He always knows that he can go to you and he can rely on you. That's why boundaries are important. Not to keep people away, but to have a relationship with limitations. Yeah. Right. Um, and I don't know. All, what all I can say is to support them is just like education. Like Emilio yeah, said, that's what we teach the kids, in education. Mm-hmm. And you know, talking when, when you need to, talking about your feelings when you need to, and when it's safe. Because you can't really talk about your feelings when someone's drunk. That's right. Really, you can't really do that. It's just really being able to, you know, set those you know, healthy relationships where you can and know that they can depend on you when, when you are, they want something legit from you. Um, so I don't know if I'm answering that question correctly. No, yeah, no, was well, it, was a, it was an
0: out of question, like it was mm-hmm. a curveball
1: question. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, so the eighth question, is it appropriate to talk about addiction with kids?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: it depends. I remember in school they did that when I was a kid and the (laughs) first thing I did was I got my dad's cigarettes and I threw it down the toilet and my dad just like what are you doing
1: (laughs) it's godfather in my program we do hear that a lot where kids feel like they can fix their parents yes Mm. and those are patterns like throwing away the wine throwing away the Mm. cigarettes this is how I'm going to help my dad yeah like we feel like we're gonna do this dad we don't know they're gonna get another (laughs) one later on. Yeah. So that's why it's a choice for a person to get recovery, to you know, want it. It works if you work it. And so when it comes to kids, there's a, a time for them to understand. If they're already asking questions about why is mom dad drinking, mm-hmm. then yes. If they're asking those questions, that means mm. that it's, you're ready to talk about Good addiction. Point. So if they're too young and they don't understand, then don't. Mm -hmm. You can talk about feelings Mm -hmm. with them. You can talk about other things. Uh, But, you know, like our program is seven to 12. Mm -hmm. And those are school years because they're already reading. They're already writing around that age, uh, learning how to read. And so Mm -hmm. we give education to kids in order for them to understand. Here's why you need to talk to kids about this. Because when there's addiction in the home, there's, a very underlying uh, addiction rules is what we call it from mm-hmm. Claudia Black: Don't speak, don't trust, don't feel. Mm-hmm. When there's fighting, when there's dad not coming to work or mom sleeping too much, and no one's talking about it, and no one's acknowledging it, they can't trust their own feelings. Mm-hmm. So they they start learning that maybe I'm wrong. There's mm-hmm. nothing going on then. Yeah, no one's talking about it. Then maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I, I don't know how to feel. They don't know how to feel. They can't trust their own feelings, and they can't they can't have a voice because it's a secret. No one wants to talk mm-hmm. about this family stuff. No it's one's correct. telling them that. There's so many things going on, but no one's you know talking to them. Is are you okay? Or you know you know validating how they feel. So they learn to second guess themselves. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes there's a lot of broken promises. And no one you know like you promised you were gonna take me here. You mm-hmm. promised you were gonna go to my game. You mm-hmm. promised this, this and that. You know, and now they they lose trust in, in grownups. If they can't trust in their own parents, well how can they trust other people? So they yeah. grow up thinking not feeling that they can trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to really head on, talk about what's happening, you know, mom and dad or mom is having is going to treatment because she she's going to school to how to how to get away from, from drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Stay in a way that is graceful.
0: Yeah. Mom's mm-hmm.
1: going to treatment, what that means is kinda of like school. Mm-hmm because she, mom's allergic to, to, to alcohol. That's what sometimes I hear. Yeah. Um, you know, just very simple, very simplified. you don't have to go into details. Oh yeah. Your dad is using heroin and he's getting, yeah. you know, shut yeah. up. Yeah. Like <laughs> with, what? You can't talk about the details. Yeah. You know, they don't need to know that. Mm-hmm. What they need to know is, you know, what addiction is, is a brain disease when someone wants mm-hmm. more and more and they can't stop, mm-hmm. uh, how to take care of themselves, mm-hmm. Um, and, and how to talk about their feelings and, you know, validate how they feel, you know, it's important for them to know that. And, and, and lastly, and most importantly, that their number one job is to be a kid. Hmm. You know, they're not, they don't get to decide if like mom should go to treatment or not. Like hmm. that's not up to them. That's yeah. a grown up thing. Yeah. And that their job is just to be a kid. Yeah. Don't yeah. take
0: that away from them. Because
1: don't take her. away their youth. You know, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're a kid. Yeah. Do you want to add anything in your No, name? that's great. She she's, a, she's a professional and
2: that's exactly. I, I actually learned some stuff right now, too. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. I, I, I remember that um, nobody told us anything, right? No. And, I, and, I, and I saw, like, I remember I went through my dad's wallet because the paletero was coming, I wanted, you know, money, right? <laughs> and I saw, I saw that little bag in my dad's wallet and I showed my mom. And my mom was like, tell your abuelita, right? Mm. His mom. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll tell and my mom.
1: what did my abuelita do?
0: lo mija, no ligas a nadie. Give it to mm, me. Don't tell nobody. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. It's like they put Tied it under it. the rug. Hide it. Wow. And I didn't know what it was. I just that's saw a little bag. There we go. Secret. Yeah. Wow. And, and I feel like because of that, I'm not trying to blame anybody. Right. Yeah. We didn't know that's mm-hmm. our culture. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if they would have tackled this when they saw this little bag with my dad, he wouldn't be where he's at right now. Mm. Yes. I feel like it could have been prevented. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because my dad's lost a lot. Back then, he Mm. was still functioning. Back then, he was still a father. Back then, he was still there. Right. But because they put things under the rug, it escalated to now he's completely lost. Wow. Do you know what I mean? So, I will always remember that.
1: Mm. Like,
0: that she just took it and put it in her little... Because she had this apron all the time. Mm -hmm. So, she put it in there and that's it. I was like, oh, okay. I got my dollar. (laughs) You know, but I didn't know. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I will never forget that. Okay, so... um, so if you guys are dealing with somebody, please deal with it. Don't let it go too far. Okay, so number nine. Uh, what do you say to a child whose
1: parent chooses their addiction over them? Ooh. Oh, man, this is always so hard. And I have heard that. Yeah. Um, you know, I heard, well, they, they, they're angry. You know, the kids are like, they, they'd they rather be in the streets than to hang out with me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, so, that's really hard to do. And... You know one thing that we do in our program is that you know dad is not dad dad mm-hmm. is dad in addiction and you know we try to person personify addiction so we have these books where we you know there's this character like you know it looks kind of like a skeleton and they're you know, you know they grab onto to the person and so what we try to do our best is to to separate those two from the person from addiction mm-hmm. uh from the person from addiction and we try to like separate those two and and what we do is like you know this is an illness you know it's not really dad doing that that's Mm -hmm. that's uh the the addiction taking over them Mm -hmm. um you know and i and i want to believe that because you know i want to choose that my dad didn't choose drugs over me i think that is it this is his illness this is a disease that is taking over and having come to kids you know this is not dad this is dad and his addiction and addiction has a hold on him think about it this is another words that we use uh different from addiction think about it um a fish is swimming and someone's in you know, the fisherman is uh, fishing and so the fisherman cuts the fish mm-hmm. and the fish wants to get out yeah it's, you know like it's suffocated like it, it wants mm-hmm. water it wants to get out wants to go back in the sea but the thing is is that think about the the fisher person the fisherman as addiction it's got a hold of that fish mm-hmm. even though the fish wants to get out and it's, but it can't because it's not in control of its life so it is up to the the fisher person to put it back into the sea to have it for lunch, so that's how we explain to mm. kids that's that cool. that person, that that fish has no control of its life. It's not in charge. It is that fisher person. It is the fisher. It is, it's the, the that dad or mom is hooked yeah. uh, mm-hmm. by the the fisherman. Wow. Mm. Yeah.
0: So, it's like, for a kid to you know observe all that at such a young age. Yeah. You know what I mean. But they
1: get it. Yeah. They already felt it. They already mm. see it. They are already mm-hmm. exposed to it. Even probably worse. Absolutely. And so for them to kind of see it in a way that, you know, they don't have control they're They want to get out. They want to be free because every living thing wants to be free. But at that moment, you know, that fisherman has the control of that fish yeah. and it gets, it's, it's going to determine it's, it's, uh, its life, its future, its fate.
2: Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. I've that never heard hard. it that way. It's, yeah, uh, I just is, learned like, a way how to talk to, to kids. Just yeah. that. The fisherman yeah. and, the, and the fish and the hook. The hook. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, yeah
0: how would you uh, would in your words as you know how would you tell a, a, a kid I, I, well
2: i'll tell you of course i'm don't work with kids but the way i <clears throat> excuse me the way i had it here for myself was first of all i would say it's it's not a choice that your parents making yeah along the same lines that analeo was saying um your parent is not choosing the substance over you it really is that substance has control over your loved one and i say you know one of the things i would say is no one wants to grow up to be mm-hmm. an addict or true. alcoholic true. i mean i to this day i don't remember ever right. anybody as a child saying hey i want to be an addict or an alcoholic yeah, i want to do that. but you do hear that they glorify certain things but they're not aware the that outcome. this may happen right yeah. so that's what the way i would share it with a child which i think i'm completely going to change it now to the fisherman thing because i think that's a better way for a child to really yeah. get it is that it's like that it's you know they don't have a choice that yeah yeah obviously it starts with the, starts off with the choice but
0: they don't know it's a choice though in the yeah,
2: beginning they don't know that that's what's going to happen no yeah. one says here i'm going to take this one drink and i know this one drink is going to make me an addict or an alcoholic yeah they don't, don't go do in that way. no no yeah. You know, it's like anyone, you know, people, sometimes you right. take a drink cause it's the fun thing to do. You see people and mm-hmm. they don't think nothing's going to happen. Like an said earlier, but eventually, you know, if you keep turning to it to cope, that may become a problem and then it's mm-hmm. too late at that point. Yep. Yeah. So there's different things, but yeah, I like that. We, I yeah. That was a the good child. one too. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And
1: That's,
0: awesome. I like how you simplified it too. Like, you know, it's, it's, you don't go in there thinking, okay, I want to be an addict when I grow up. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. We don't think that mm-hmm. way. It, it literally life just happens, you mm-hmm. know, throughout our choices in life. Mm-hmm. It's like we can't. We you could be so careful, you know what I mean. But you also want to have fun, and exactly. you mix all that stuff, and it just happens, mm-hmm. you know. And it's also uh, our communities and mm-hmm. your friends yeah. and it's everything. everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. it all it's everywhere, it, it's everywhere literally. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Do you guys have any final conclusions regarding this topic?
2: You know, the only thing I could say is really it's just get as much education as possible, because one of the things that we also left out, you know, this is a family disease. It impacts every single yeah, body. And true. there's some roles that people take on, you know, that they may not be aware of. You know, I'll just use like a, a make 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 a family here, made a family, for example, like there is a person we call them with the problem. That's the culprit. Right. That's the one that people blame. Mm-hmm. So. I like to think of it as a baby mobile. You know, the baby mobile, when a baby is crying, they put the baby mobile right. And, and I, I ask families, what's the purpose of that mobile? Mm-hmm. It's to soothe, to distract, to comfort, right? And as a family system, that's what we try to do when we identify the problem, right? Mm-hmm. So we say, you comfort it and, you know, make this person feel at ease or or even tell the person, you should go get help. Mm-hmm. But then what happens is everybody takes on different roles to make up for that person Mm -hmm. and there's roles Mm -hmm. such as like first of all the chief enabler right? And usually that's the mother or the spouse right and then you got like the family hero usually that's the firstborn in the family right then you have the scapegoat right the one that said forget it all I'm just gonna do my own thing or he's gonna be up front or she's gonna be up front and tell you how it is right like there's no filter (laughs) right Um, and, and and then of course you have like the the clown you know the person that's always cracking jokes because like an said is we don't know how to deal with our feelings. So we crack up, we yeah. make things more light instead of, you know, and really being serious. Right.
1: Everybody's like hostile. And Every, so you need, some. So, you need someone to be something. Not, yeah. it. not make things so awkward. You right.
2: Know? And yeah. then one of the other roles that really is out there is the, the lost child, you know, so these roles can be in the family and you may not even be aware of it. Like people just sometimes take on different roles. You may be two of those people. You're like, wow, and it's just knowing that just educate yourself as much as you possibly can. And you're right, Rosie, what you said is you still want to have fun. Yeah. You do want to have fun. And you don't want to live your life, you know, in the with in the back of your mind thinking, Well, no, I can't do this or I can't do it because this may happen to me, is that we don't know. But it's just have the education and make a healthy decision yeah. when you're ready. And hopefully when you're an adult, you say, okay, is this the path that I want to take? Do I really want to socialize and try, you know, drinking a cup of wine or whatever it may be? But just having that mindset that, hey, I just have to be careful. Right. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you want to add anything to the conclusion?
1: I think the only thing I would add is like, you know, don't judge it, a book by its cover. Mm. I mean, everybody can go through so many different paths in their lives, or maybe a lot of things in their past that happened, maybe trauma, where maybe um, addiction was running in their home. And so I think that it's important to really look at a person who's struggling with addiction as a way that they're human. And that, you know, and it's so true that that person that's struggling with addiction, it's going to affect everybody around him that love that person. Mm-hmm it's a family disease it's not you know addiction is is something that it really just takes everyone down Mm -hmm. and and so if that person is getting help i strongly suggest that person to also include everybody in their family in recovery in a a therapy setting or whatever because when when you tackle this a when you tackle um the problem you also have to look at the things around it mm-hmm. because if you go into an environment that is still toxic mm-hmm. it's still like not healthy that person's chances it's gonna you know more likely relapse mm-hmm. but if it goes into a in a very supportive family then that, their chances of staying sober is higher right. definitely mm-hmm. hands yeah. down Absolutely. And you know we have to like we have to consider everybody's different cultures if there's a family who in likes to enable well let them support in a way like you know if you do this then I'll do this for you mm-hmm. you right. know if you if you go to you know you know to uh meetings then you know i'll I'll babysit whoever you know whatever yeah. that's how we can put our part yeah and so um just know that it's it's hard it's tough and you know even losing weight and eating right is hard imagine someone who that mm-hmm. is a brain disease okay you know? that's true. so mm-hmm. just you know don't judge help them mm-hmm. get educated like emilio said mm-hmm. know what you know how this works that's the best thing you can do for for that person that families get educated have awareness know mm-hmm. what you can do for you mm-hmm. so okay, okay. cool nice
0: okay thank you so much guys i learned a lot i it, at first
1: i was like what
0: <laughs> but i'm glad that you guys you know answered all the questions i was i was really excited about this episode honestly because it affects you know our life yeah. and all of us either Personally. our friends our family or anything mm-hmm. so i'm glad yeah. we did this thank you so much again god, god bless you god hey, bless thank you for good having us taking
2: us back to church okay yeah. <laughs> okay i'll give you my conclusion.
0: Okay, so for my final conclusion, I just really want everybody to know that you're not alone. I think that this, um, this information that we were giving is very helpful for the ones who have loved ones who are addicts. And there's not just one particular type of addiction. There's plenty of different ones. And I know it hurts us because we want to help and we want our families or friends or loved ones to become better and to be free from this. But... These are the ways that uh, these guests have um, showed us that we can do our best, but don't put that pressure on you, right? And also, don't don't depart yourself from them. Just love them and be there for them. And to a certain extent, though, ha- as they talked about it, uh, but remember, it's not your fault. And I know a lot of people see things that they shouldn't, especially children, Uh, when they have parents as addicts they should they shouldn't be living this type of life life but unfortunately this happens in our society uh drugs and alcohol and or any other addictions is not a joke and it affects a lot of us and honestly it traumatizes a lot of people it stays with us especially the children so please if you know anybody who's a parent or anybody that is going through or starting please stop it. Do not put it under the rug before it gets any deeper, before they go any deeper. If if you can make a change in their lives, try to do it. Who cares if you feel like, oh, I don't want to butt in, it's none of my business. No, you are their business if you love them. Because when you lose them, it's hard to get them back. But if you did lose them completely, then guess what? Just pray believe and do your best, but don't put that pressure on you because you're not God. You cannot change them. Okay. You're just human. So do your best and just leave it in God's hand and you do the rest. Okay guys. So this is your girl, Lady Rose. I'm out. I hope you learned something. I hope you, uh, um, learn something and that you could take it to somebody else and, and give that information as well. Okay. This is your girl, Lady Rose. I'm out. Be blessed and stay blessed.